Side Hustle Show 199, building a blog to 20 grand a month and beyond. If you want to start a blog of your own, check out my free video series at blogstartercourse.com. I'll show you step-by-step how blogs make money and how to get your site online for less than you might think. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results toward building those job-free income streams. This week is a Where Are They Now episode, a catch-up episode. I'm joined by Rosemary Groner from BusyBudgeter.com. Last year, in episode 142, she blew us away with her step-by-step guide to generating massive traffic from Pinterest. I turned around and implemented her strategies and saw immediate results. A year later, Pinterest drives a consistent 500 to 1,000 visits a day to Side Hustle Nation. And if you're thinking the traffic doesn't convert, I've added nearly 700 new email subscribers in the last 30 days just from that Pinterest traffic. If you missed that episode, I highly recommend checking it out. It's at sidehustlenation.com slash 142. When we spoke last year, the busybudgeter.com blog was about a year old. It was generating 400,000 page views a month, and it was earning Rosemary around five grand a month in profit. And that income came primarily from display ads. All awesome stats for a 12-month-old blog. In this episode, she shares what she's done in the last 12 months to diversify her traffic sources, to keep up with the content demands, and most importantly, to quadruple her profit. Notes, links, and a free PDF highlight reel with all of her top tips from this call are at sidehustlenation.com slash rosemary. All one word. Before we dive in, let's take a moment to thank today's sponsor, which is FreshBooks.com. The all-new FreshBooks is transforming how freelancers, side hustlers, and small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. The award-winning cloud accounting software has been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way we work. Visit FreshBooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back to tell you a little bit more about what's new with FreshBooks, plus my top takeaways from this catch-up call with Rosemary after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. So I'm making normally over $20,000 a month. We've hit as high as $25,000 a month. Actually, we hit one month, we were $38,000 a month, but consistently we're over $20,000 a month. I know it's it's insane. The biggest difference is that I'm diversifying my traffic a lot more. So I use Pinterest to grow really quickly, meaning that I ignored everything else when everybody else is like, you know, you should have your, what is it, like hand in all the fires or something like that. I ignored all of that. And I put all of my eggs in the Pinterest basket. Right. And then I transferred that directly over to my email list and then followed that up with the affiliates. So that's the path that I took. Right now, because Pinterest can be fully automated, that gave me time to invest time and grow direct traffic, Google, Facebook a little bit. I actually regret that referral traffic and really focus on my email list. So I'm about 66% traffic right now and I'm doing a really heavy push into SEO right now. 66% traffic coming from Pinterest? Okay. Yeah. Last year was probably like 90%? Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was pretty much all Pinterest. <laughs> okay. So still heavily reliant on that, but diversifying the traffic sources. What's the monthly page views look like now? It's actually about the same. It's about 400,000, a little bit less but just around 400. Pinterest okay. changed their algorithm a little bit and they let more ads in. So it kind of is across the board down for everybody. And then I have not been putting as much effort into Pinterest because I am doing a really heavy push into SEO. And I'm focusing primarily on 
user to content traffic sources versus user to user. So Facebook to me is user to user. Like you go into Facebook to see people, not to see blogs. Pinterest, you go in there to get blog posts. Google, you go in there to get articles. So I'm going for user to content traffic sources. Okay, interesting. So that's really interesting that the traffic is flat or the traffic is similar to what it was last year, yet the revenue is four or five times what it was. We will circle back to the traffic stuff, the SEO stuff and the Facebook stuff that you've been doing to kind of diversify and not have all your eggs in the Pinterest basket. But what's been going on on the monetization side that has shot up the revenue so significantly? Oh, it's easy. It's actually really easy. It's almost as easy as as Pinterest was. So what I do is I focus really heavily on my newsletter list. I spend way more time writing newsletters than I do blog posts. And I sell through my newsletter, but I have what I call like a core affiliate strategy where I am limiting my affiliates to only 10 people or 10 brands, I guess I should say, that I'm just all in for. Things that I've used to change my life, things that I use in my journey to become debt-free. And each of them is something that I pretty much think that if you're on my email list, if you're interested in the topic that I'm writing about, which is budgeting, you should be purchasing these. Like you just have to. And by doing that, I find it really, really easy to sell. Like I never feel like a salesman. I feel like I'm helping people. One of the examples that I use all the time is the grocery budget makeover which is a class that John and I took that saved us $16,000 a year in groceries, which is insane. It's also insane how much we were spending on groceries. That's nuts. So nuts. Yeah. So the grocery budget makeover is somebody else's product on how to spend less on food. Yes. It's Erin Chase's from $5 Dinners. Oh, okay. She taught me how to cook through her cookbook. (laughs) Okay. Little fangirl over here. Okay. So you're an affiliate for her. Yes. For her and nine other people. And then what I do is as I put my people through a sequence on my list, as I write to them in newsletters, I'm constantly referencing her. Not in a like, let's sell this kind of way, but in like every time I mention like we reduced our grocery budget, I'm referencing her product. The way that I saw it when I first started was that products scare me. And I think they scare most new bloggers, right? You're like, okay, I can create content. I get people to like me. I can help people. But creating a product is really scary because you invest a lot of time and a lot of money into it. It may not go like you had planned. For me, affiliates really bridges that gap because she created the product. It's fantastic. I've used it. I've seen the results and I'm a poster child for the results of that. So why in the world would I spend four or five months of my life and thousands of my own dollars to create a grocery budget makeover class when she's already created one and is killing it? It's fantastic. So the way that I view affiliates is I'm going to take her product, become an affiliate for it, and I'm going to just weave it in. I treat the affiliate products like they're my own products. So I would come up with launch sequences for them. I would do the whole nine yards. Okay. So somebody signs off your email list and this is part of... So tell me about how you've grown the email list, you know, what tools you're using for that, and then maybe walk me through that autoresponder sequence. When I started, keep in mind, I didn't know what I was doing. I took Elite Blog Academy and that pretty much... So I didn't know what I was doing while I was doing it. I just followed the steps in Elite Blog Academy. And the things that I did do is I figured out the way to get easy traffic was from Pinterest. Well, now I have all of this traffic. What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. I took all of that traffic and I fed it into an email list, which at the time was set up with MailChimp. Now I'm with ConvertKit and I'm debating on switching. But ConvertKit is where I'm at right now. I have, let's see, 36,000 email subscribers right now. And I think last time we talked, there was probably around 10,000. And 
I do that by lead pages, by opt-ins and having a freebie. So in my case, it's the 90-day budget bootcamp challenge and it's also a money-saving worksheet. And when they go, it gets them over into the newsletter. I have opt-ins all over the place. So like there's some posts that are written just for the opt-ins. There's opt-ins in the sidebar. There's opt-ins within the post. It's like, this is the budget challenge that we use to crawl out of over $30,000 worth of debt. And I make sure to write it like that and not like, come take my class that I created about that because they're not going to convert that as well. But if you write, this is the budget challenge that we took. And that's not necessarily a lie because those are the steps that we took to get out of debt. I just don't spell it out that I created the course. Sure. Most people from Pinterest don't know you. They don't care anything about you. They're looking for solutions to their own problems. So I'm not going to bog them down with details of like, I created this course for you. They just need to know this is the course that you take to get out of debt. So when they click on that, they move over to my email list, which puts them through a 90-day weekly. So it's only, I think it's like 12 emails. It's like a weekly challenges. And the idea of the challenge is that it's something that I probably would have created in a paid course, but I'm giving it away for free. I want my opt-in to be really, really valuable. And I want it, I want them to be able to see the results of what I'm teaching. I see two kind of offers on the homepage. One is like in the little header bar. Is this Sumomi or is this Hello Bar up at the very top? Sumomi. Yeah. Smart part. Okay. Join the 90-day budgeting for beginners challenge for free enter your email here and then in the sidebar our free book the ultimate money saving workbook 200 ways to decrease your spending increase your savings and achieve your dreams and so that's in the sidebar yes okay so two different opt-ins and using lead pages to deliver those files i wish (laughs) no part of my problems are that i'm not very tech savvy so we are switching to lead pages but right now it's listed on convertkit i believe no that's fine and then any post-specific content upgrades? Or is it just, hey, somebody's going to land on the site, the traffic is high enough that they're going to opt in for these site-wide offers? Traffic is high enough because of Pinterest, so we don't have specific post-upgrades. That's something that I'm moving to. I do everything, biggest results, least amount of effort. So I was just creating like large scaled products or large opt-ins that I could just put out everywhere and not have to focus on updating them. Okay, so people opt in 36,000 times. People have downloaded these items. For the 90-day budget bootcamp, they're getting their weekly challenge for 12 weeks to go through that. And then are you sprinkling in the affiliate links in those messages or is it kind of like a separate sequence that runs in parallel? There are. I definitely write that sequence for content. My goal is for them to come away from that challenge like this girl changed my life. If you can get them to buy into you like that, I want them to think about me as someone that completely took what they had, all of their struggles and fixed them. So the goal of that sequence is not to make money. The goal of that sequence is to have them buy into me, my brand and what I'm doing. If you can do that, if you do that well, it would almost be impossible for you not to make a lot of money in blogging because they will buy from you over and over and over and over again. There are affiliate links in that sequence, but it just makes sense when we talk about them. So like when we talk about saving money on their groceries, of course, I'm going to talk about the grocery budget makeover because that's how we saved all of that money in our groceries. But it's not salesy. When you read through it, you should not be thinking, oh, she's trying to sell this. It's just, this is the information that you need. Okay, spending kind of three months in kind of this trust building phase. Hey, somebody came in completely cold and now I want to take them from a complete stranger to somebody I've legitimately helped and hopefully changed their financial life for the better and now they trust me implicitly. 
Exactly. That is exactly what we're doing. Now, if somebody opts in for the sidebar thing, the 200 money-saving tips, are they getting the same sequence? No, that is part of the problem. So that we're fixing that right now. Right now, if you opt in for the money-saving workbook, which is only like 25% of the opt-ins, most of them are coming from the 90-day budget challenge. When they opt in for the workbook, they're going directly onto my newsletter list where I'm, in addition to the budget sequence, I'm handwriting them an email every single week, no matter what. Okay. So those guys are not getting the sequence. They're just getting the newsletters. Okay. Just getting the newsletters. Everybody's getting the newsletter. And in the newsletter, there's affiliate links. But again, it's mostly content-based. In addition to that, I have launches where I take other people's products, I treat them like mine, and I launch them just the same way you would have a product launch. So I use like Jeff Walker's product launch formula, and I launch products that just aren't mine, and I get an affiliate commission off of it. Okay. So are people, do they have to go through the full three-month onboarding before they are getting any of those messages or interspersing them? during that time as well? Interspersing them during that time. I would love to have it so that they only get the budget challenges and then they get sent into that, but I'm not tech savvy enough to do that. So this is the way we've done it the whole time. Okay. I'm always trying to figure out the email marketing tweaks. So this is fascinating stuff. Okay. So, and then the grocery budget makeover is an example. So basically trying to find products that help people save money. Like that's the whole theme of the site, right? Yes, Absolutely. Anything else on the email sequence or any kind of tweaks that you made in the past year that have shot up the performance? So the biggest difference in email, and I feel really comfortable with email marketing, is that you always want to think about them as dating. I know how creepy that sounds. I almost did not put this in my notes. (laughs) But if you date your email list, I think it's really, really hard to fail with this. When you go to a first date, right, you're not telling them everything about yourself. You're not going to tell them that you're obsessed with Twilight and you live in your mom's basement, right? That's (laughs) obviously not going to get you a second date. But at the same time, you want to show that you're vulnerable. You want to show that you're relatable. And you kind of want to hit the highlights of why they would want to be with you. And it's the exact same way with your list. You want to date your list, but not in a creepy way. You want to kind of show them what you're good at, show them what your value is, show them how you can help them but not overload them with so much information that they're like, okay, I feel like we know each other a little too well. Okay. Message number one or two, you're kind of opening the doors a little bit to, hey, this is me. This is why you should trust me. And this is how I can help you. Yes. I want them to think of me as like, they buy into me, but also I'm not going to tell them if I have like a terrible day, if I go over budget, I'm not going to sit there and tell them about that. I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights, but then also let them know I'm relatable. We're kind of the same and then just move on. Okay. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. 
So last year we talked a lot about kind of the display ads, like I think it was media.net or what was the service you were using for the display ads, AdThrive? I think it was AdThrive, yeah. Okay. Are you still with them? Yes, they're doing amazing. I'm allowed to tell you this because I got permission, but I'm up to almost $11 RPM. So that means for every 1,000 people that come to my site, I get $11. Okay. I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you if that's good or bad. It sounds great. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's really amazing. I think... Let's see, at the Blogger Network, it was like not even half that. So that's really, really good. Okay. So display ads, are you still accepting sponsored posts? I still do sponsored posts, not very many. If I can find one that aligns with my brand, I've tripled my rates in the last year. I still find brands that are willing to pay that, but I'm pretty picky about who I'll accept. So I wouldn't really call that a focus. If I get none in a month, I don't even notice or mind. Okay. Tell me about your content production. At the core, it's still a blog and you got to be putting out blog content on a weekly basis. Like how often are you publishing? I was once a week for pretty much the whole year. And then a couple of months ago, I started doing two a week, but I hired a recipe developer and food photographer. So I give her the recipes and then she puts them on my site for me. So I'm still only writing once a week right now. Okay. What's a, what's a typical... You know, how much time are you spending on that side of the thing? Just on producing content? Yeah. Two days out of the month. So I batch blog. So I sit down for two days and I do nothing but write posts. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> I'm like learning. I'm like, oh my gosh. I got to take more notes for Rosemary. <laughs> and have you created any of your own products, primarily monetizing through these different affiliate relationships? So primarily, I'm actually changing this. I feel like we're having this podcast at like a time of change for me, but I really monetized only on affiliates. And I created, at one point I was doing coaching. So can we talk about how I split my list, my income streams a little bit? Let's do it. Okay. So probably back in January of this year, I decided that one of the problems with budgeting is that it's super, super popular in January. And then by middle of the summer, no one cares about budgets. No one. And then it kind of goes back up around Christmas. So I'm trying to figure out a way to stabilize things because I like things stable. And what I did was I split my income streams. So I talk about budgeting and I also have a list that talks about blogging. So there's not a ton of content on my website about blogging, but there's a ton of content on this newsletter list. So I'm doing the exact same thing, except I didn't create another website about blogging. I'm just cultivating this newsletter list with its own freebies and opt-ins and affiliates and things like that. How did you do that? It was actually really easy. I just created another list, like started an email list and created a freebie and opt-in. It was called the Quick Growth Bloggers Resource Guide, which really needs a new name because I can never remember the name of it. Okay. And I put that out in a blog post and it just basically told my story about how I grew so quickly. And I said, you know, if you want this freebie, which is all the resources and tools that I use to grow, you go and you put your email address in and it puts you over to my email list and I write to... You, if you're a blogger on my email list, every two weeks. And my goal is to be 100% transparent with them. I just tell them everything. Like if I'm batch blogging, this is what I'm doing. This is how to do it. I just kind of tell them everything that I'm doing. Okay. Well, we'll dig up that link and we'll post that in the show notes. Okay. That would be a good one for people to check out if they're interested in starting a blog for sure. Okay. And then what I did was when I did that, I didn't realize it at the time, but what I did was I split my income streams because now I have affiliates for blogging and now I have affiliates for budgeting. So here's the thing. I hear all the time that the only people that make money in blogging are people that blog about blogging. <laughs> <laughs> well, not true. Like you proved that wrong initially because you're just right. like, oh, the budgeting stuff. 
Well, even now, I make 12000 a month from my budgeting side, right? So it's about 50-50. Now, in January, that'll probably change because right now we're, we're in kind of the slumps of budgeting. Nobody really cares about budgeting. In January, I suspect it'll be like 75% of the income from budgeting, 25 from blogging. Seasonal traffic? Are you seeing just a kind of a lull or dip in the summertime or is it relatively flat? People are just less engaged with budgeting, I think, in the summer. They're still interested in me. Like if I talk about mom conferences or something like that, but if I'm trying to sell something specific, like the grocery budget makeover in the summer, people are just too busy and budgets are not the forefront of their mind. Budgets are in the forefront of their mind right after Christmas when everyone is like, oh no, we're in big trouble. Like we spend too much on, on gifts. Now that kind of brings up another question of what content do you put out in your weekly newsletter? Are you just kind of linking to this week's blog post or is it completely separate from the blog? It's completely separate from the blog. I don't do an RSS feed. Um, what I do is I handwrite a newsletter. I make a personal, I date my list. I talk about a topic that I think they would be interested in. So if you're in the budgeting list, I'm going to talk to you about your net worth. I'm going to talk to you about a lot. There's like every third or fourth email that I send out on the budgeting list is a this is worth it. I know this is a really hard journey, but this is worth it. It's meant to be like motivational. Stick with me. I'm with you. What can I do to help you? And the whole idea of that list is to cultivate a relationship long-term and not, I mean, I know we're marketers and we're all in this to make money, but it really is to help people. I also get a ton of email from people who are debt-free or who started a blog and now blogging full-time. You really do get to make a difference in people's lives. And to me, where that relationship happens is not in a blog post. It's in your email. You have to talk to them every single week. If I write a blog post on a subject and it's doing really well, I'm also writing a separate email on it. Same topic, completely reworded. Now I link to blog posts with like a, I think it's called a snippet, like a copy and paste part of the blog post and then continue reading, click here on the bottom of that newsletter. But if you're on my newsletter list and you have no interest in ever visiting my site, I should be able to teach you everything that you need to know just from the newsletter without you ever having to go to my blog. Interesting. What kind of open rate are you seeing on the newsletters versus like autoresponders? I have a 24% with a list of 36,000. Like the onboarding sequence. Oh, God, that's like crazy. I think it's like 60%. Okay, nice. Okay, tell me about the traffic stuff. So Pinterest still rock and roll and kind of on autopilot. Yep. Go check out last year's episode on how Pinterest works. I guess I should add, are there any changes, tweaks to the Pinterest strategy since then? Yep. Biggest tweak to the Pinterest strategy is, first of all, is I actually created that to... It's a product now that I sell. If they know, you can probably just watch that episode and figure out what you're doing. But if you want a step-by-step actionable cheat sheet, just like do this. Okay, now come back and do this. That is for sale on my website. I can give you a link. And you sell that to your blog opt-in people. Yep. Okay. So the biggest change on Pinterest is that their group boards are still very viable, but they're giving preference to your own personal boards first. So before last year, there really wasn't even any sense in marketing to your own people on Pinterest because if I have a 5 million reach on everybody else's group board and I have, I think at the time I had like 10,000 of my own followers, why even bother with these 10,000 if I'm getting 5 million over here? And then shifted a little bit. They give a lot more preference right now that we're testing and we're seeing to your own people. So it would benefit you to, once you get your own numbers up, to start marketing your content to your own people just as heavily, if not more so. How would you go about doing that? It's actually in Board Booster. You can set it up to loop your own content. So if you set up a board, my frugal board is my most popular. So if I set up my frugal board and I interlace my own content within that and I just set it up to loop five a day, that takes care of it for you. You can also have a campaign where I give Board Booster my top 10 budgeting posts and I was like, 
okay, I want you to take two of these bows every single day and I want you to repin them to the frugal board and they'll do that on autopilot. Okay, so you're pinning to your own boards, the same stuff on repeat because how I've been doing it, I guess how it typically work is you upload it once and then it's buried. No one is ever going to see that again unless they go specifically click on that board. Yes. But when you set up a campaign, it does that so that every single day, yeah, you can't really spam your own boards because the Pinterest algorithm is going to take content that's not as popular or that nobody's clicking on. It's just going to shove it down to the bottom so no one will ever see it. But the content that is popular and getting clicks, which is going to be your most popular content, right? That's why we're choosing our top 10. Yeah. You're just going to put two a day onto your boards and through a campaign and your people will see them more than everything else. Okay. Interesting. And you don't get any error message like, hey, you already pinned this to this board or something like that. Yes. I ignore all those. (laughs) Now, there's a warning here. If you're brand new, you should be doing this very slowly. If you go from like never pinning to pinning 100 a day, you're going to get marked as spam. And I think that's one of the problems with Board Booster because you hear a lot of people going like, oh, I used Board Booster and I got marked as spam. It's not Board Booster. It's the fact that you're pinning 100 a day from zero to 100. So I try to make changes slowly. And more importantly is if you're not getting results, if you're repinning and repinning and repinning and you're getting zero repins, just stop, come back to the drawing board and figure out what's going on. It's either your picture, your headline, or your description. Less likely to be your description right now, more likely to be your picture or your headline. So tweak those two things and then kind of go back into it. Now, are there any tools kind of like the Google Keyword Planner or something like that that would give you estimated search volume for different keywords on Pinterest? No, but you should create one. What you can do is when you search in Pinterest, there's a search bar in the top of Pinterest. So let's say I wanted to go for budgeting. I'm going to say budgeting into that search bar. It's going to give me in different like colored bubbles right below where I search. It's going to give me content suggestions. So it'll say like tips, ideas, monthly printable planners. And those are listed in order of popularity. Uh, Okay, okay. I'm searching budgeting and tips comes up. Then I really want to use budgeting tips as my keyword. Okay, so you can kind of work those into your titles and images based on the suggested search volume. Okay, that's a good hack. That's a good workaround. Yes. Okay, now I got some more homework to do. Yes. My stuff to my own boards, which I've not done ever. So (laughs) something to do there. You said Facebook was kind of a dud. I know you're starting a Facebook group a few months ago when we talked. Is that still alive and kicking? It is. It's got 4,000 members or just about 4,000 members. It's really underutilized. I went to Focused Conference in Richmond this year. And I was talking to two girls who have like really monetized her Facebook group. Like they're just rocking and rolling with it. And I figured out my ROI. Most I can make on it is about 2000 a month. And I don't think that's my best yes right now. So I decided not to do anything with it. I do love popping in there though and answering people's questions. They can tag me and I'll... I don't spend a lot of time in there, maybe 30 minutes a month, but they are really good at helping each other. So okay. like, do you run into spam moderation issues or anything like that? Or do you have a, a moderator within the group? I've got a moderator within the group and we haven't had too many problems with that. It seems, I don't know if I just got lucky, but everybody seems to play really nicely and everybody seems to be really helpful to each other. That's great. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. What are you doing on the SEO front to try and diversify that, that traffic stream in, in the event of the inevitable Pinterest updates and algorithm changes? So I started, first of all, I spent a lot of time on Facebook. When I got Pinterest rock and roll in on its own, I put all of my time and effort into Facebook. And that was a bad move on my part. I should not have done that. When I started stepping back and looking at all of our potential traffic sources, because when people say don't trace traffic, I feel like they don't understand that traffic is related to your email opt-ins. Yeah. Right? So you always hear like, oh, don't trace traffic, which I understand in concept, but I'm like, well, how am I going to get people onto my email list? So I better get those initial eyeballs first. Right. So I started looking at that and I started realizing that the reason why Pinterest is so amazing for bloggers is because... It is the sole purpose of Pinterest. You don't go on there to see what your friends are up to. You go on there to find blog posts. So what I was trying to do was create that same kind of Pinterest effect and look for other mediums that could do that. And I realized that Google is essentially the same thing. It's a lot more competitive, but it's essentially the same thing. It's user to content. And I realized I was looking into, I always calculate ROI. I'm sure you do too. But I try to figure out like, okay, if I rock in this, if I dedicate six months of my life to it, What's my return on this? What's my like stretch goal of a return? And a stretch goal of return on Google is almost as good as Pinterest. It's about 35, 30% of what I can make out of Pinterest, which is huge for a social. It's not, I don't even think it's called a social network, but anyway, it's huge for the different sources of traffic. Okay. It's like very, I've never calculated the ROI directly from different traffic sources. That's a very interesting way to look at it. Really? Uh, okay, I thought everybody did that. Sorry. Well, no, see, this is why I think you're just a total outlier on this whole blogging thing. This just steadfast focus on what makes money and 
execute, execute, execute. So that's why I love these conversations. Okay. So Google, <laughs> are you coming back through your archive content and trying to like tweak the titles? Like tell me what, you, what you've been doing to grow the SEO channel. I wish it was that easy. No. Okay. So part of the problem is that I am not that smart. Pinterest was easy for me because I was already a user of Pinterest. And technically, yes, I use Google. But yeah, so you're a Google user too, for sure. Right. So what I did was I started way back in the beginning and I spent almost two months trying to find a course that I could take. Now, most of the courses that I found are for people that are more savvy than me for marketing and that kind of stuff, or they're for people that already kind of know a little bit about Google. And then what I was looking for was I was looking for a course from people who were not big enough to know what their content was worth. So they were giving away all of their secrets, but have shown that they're just really rocking it in that area. And I found that in a course called Skyrocket and Domini. And it's a series, they teach you Pinterest analytics, they teach you webmaster tools, and then in the last month, they teach you SEO. And there's something really special about that because I learned step-by-step. That's why I did so well in Elite Blog Academy. When someone says, do this, now come back and do this, now come back and do this. I can't learn with theory. I need someone to say, go do this. Okay. And our focus right now has been reducing our bounce rate, which has gone down like 3%. When I say 3%, I mean it went from like 83 to 80%, which is a pretty huge jump in just a couple of months. And then we're going back and we're creating landing pages for content. We are putting those landing pages all over the place. We are optimizing old posts for SEO. So linking to other people, having people link to us, things like that. But I don't actually know SEO yet. <laughs> but I do feel like I can I can start understanding how I can get keywords. I can I can take a look at a keyword and be like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to rank for that or you know, I could actually target that one. I think I'll I'll give it a shot. Okay. And what percentage of traffic is coming from Google today? So Google today is twelve percent and that is up from Pretty sure it was like 2% when we talked. Okay, wow. All right, so you make it some progress there. Gosh, we should, we'll have to swap notes. I don't know what I've done on the SEO front, but yeah, probably 50% of site isolation traffic comes from Google. So, oh, so that's another thing I will mention that's your audience. Even though I'm not a mommy blogger, I definitely fit in more with the mommy bloggers, like where I grew on Pinterest and things like that. And what I found is that if you can create masterminds with people that are not like you, so I'm in a mastermind with two or three guys that are great in SEO and have no idea what Pinterest even is. When I first was creating mastermind, I was going with girls that are pretty much just like me, similar sites, similar traffic. And we're really, really good friends, but we weren't necessarily helping each other grow as much as we should have because we were all good at the same things. When I got into that mixed sex group, there are guys that rocked in SEO, there's girls that rock in Pinterest, and we're all kind of like business-minded. We all have a focus on our AI. That was when I started thinking, why am I not in Google? Like, this is insane. Okay. We'll have to circle back and see what the Google numbers look like a year from now. Yeah, definitely. Anything else that really helped you take it to the next level over the past 12 months? Results, I think, speak for themselves, but just curious to see if like, you have anything like, oh my gosh, if I hadn't done this, nothing would have happened. I think the best advice ever is to invest in training, take a Leap Blog Academy, another comprehensive course. If you have something else that you've really got your eye on, I recommend EBA, but anything. Invest in training, invest in yourself, treat it like a business, focus all of your effort onto Pinterest. Right now, Pinterest is still just massive amounts of free traffic for the taking. So if your audience has women in it, targeting women, you should put all of your effort into Pinterest in the beginning, almost solely. I didn't have a Facebook page. I didn't do anything in the beginning except for Pinterest. Once you've rocked that, move them over into your email list. 
start emailing them weekly, get into affiliates, core affiliate strategy. And then once you get into that, you're going to be at the point that I'm at right now, which is developing products, surveying your audience, pushing into SEO, diversifying traffic a little bit, and then just kind of going to the next level. Very good. Well, this has been awesome as usual. Rosemary Groner from BusyBudgeter.com. And we'll wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Do you think it changed over last year? I don't remember what it was last year, but I think this year is definitely calculate your ROI. And sometimes it's not super easy to do. Sometimes you have to figure out somebody that like, if I want to calculate what getting really good at SEO is worth, I need to find someone that's really good at SEO, ask them how much they make. Hope that my being honest about my numbers will let them be honest with their numbers and then try to figure out like, okay, if I spend six months of my life dedicating myself to this, how much money can I make from it? And then choosing where to put your time and effort based on that. I like it. Rosemary, thank you so much for joining me again. And we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Nick. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. I've been telling you about FreshBooks Innovative Cloud Accounting Service for a while, which, by the way, started as a side hustle. The software was built specifically for freelancers, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs like us. It was just redesigned from the ground up to make it even easier to use. Let's talk about invoicing for a minute because everyone needs a way to get paid. And this was the feature that first drew me to FreshBooks a couple years ago. First, it takes as little as 30 seconds to create an invoice. There's no formatting, no formulas, just really simple, clean, professional-looking invoices. You can even add your own logo and color scheme so that your invoice reflects your brand. Next, when you email a client an invoice, FreshBooks can show you whether or not they've even seen it, which reminds me, I need to go in and uh, log in and check and see if one of mine uh, has been seen after this recording. Next, if you're working on a big project, you can ask for a deposit up front, and with just a couple clicks, you can be set up to receive credit card payments from clients without having to set up your own payment processing. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial for Side Hustle Show listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle or enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30-day trial. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Rosemary Groner from busybudgeter.com. Takeaway number one, a relentless focus on what makes money, what really drives the results, what's really going to move this thing forward. I really liked her call to uh, focus on calculating your ROI. And that's something that I can improve on or actually start to implement in in my business. So I may just uh, borrow that one. Takeaway number two, it's all about the email list. It was the email list and building a concerted strategy uh, with that list that built trust and advocated for a handful of uh, helpful affiliate products that really quadrupled her income. You notice, hey, the traffic is the same as last year, yet the income is 4x what it used to be. I really like the date your list analogy and making uh, product recommendations through there. And number three, takeaway number three is education accelerates. One thing that stood out to me is Rosemary's you know, obviously she has a very proactive and positive attitude. She understood that Google was and is a really a wide open opportunity for her at the moment, but didn't know how to tap into it. So instead of going out and trying to hire an SEO consultant or a marketing service to do that for her, which she very well could have given her income and, and budget for that, um, instead she wanted to learn about it herself. And so I really like her attitude that, look, everything is learnable. I can figure this out. And combined with her focus and determination and execution, she's seeing some pretty powerful results, some really tremendous results from that. So an investment in education is something that can pay off for many years down the road. And I don't think that's news. I think that's why anybody invests in education because they hope it's going to give them some payoff down the road. But curious what your top takeaway from the call was. Be sure to stop by. Let us know in the comments at sidehustlenation.com slash rosemary. 
While you're there, you can download a free PDF highlight reel with all of Rosemary's top tips from this episode. That's sidehustlenation.com slash rosemary or slash 199 if that's easier to remember or to type in on your phone. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If there's anyone else uh, from the archives you want to know where are they now, let me know and I'll, I'll see what we can do. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show where my guest will share how he and his wife went from content to cash flow in the marriage niche. I'll see you then. It's the big 200. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.